live from the Robinson Auto Group Studios in the heart of the Ohio Valley. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Who's coming through the door? I think we've met somewhere before. Hello, love. Hello. Hello, love. Howdy, howdy. Where in the world have you been so long? I missed you so since you've been gone. Hello, love. Maybe I should say howdy from Howie. Hello, love. Make yourself feel right at home. I hope you plan on staying long. Come in love. We do hope you're going to stick around with us at least up until 10 o'clock Come this morning. And indeed, uh, when we're done, uh, plenty of good I stuff to listen to all day long. So stay with us till 10 and stay with the Watchdog Radio Network all day long. Right now, third, a temperature dropping a little bit, Bob, outside. Uh, just one degree or two degrees right across the board. I guess the sun comes up, the, sun, the temperatures go down. 32 at the Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. 33 degrees at the Highlands. 34 in Elm Grove. And 33 here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios, downtown Wheeling, in the heart of the Ohio Valley. It's going to be partly cloudy. We're not going to get a whole lot warmer. We're not going to get into the 40s. Probably call around 38 or so for the high today. Maybe 48 tomorrow in the 40s for most of the week and 50s for the weekend. Good news is I don't see any, um, and Adam concurs with what I see, because what do I know, uh, don't see anything involving uh, snow or rain or anything of that nature. So it should be just sort of a... Kind of a mild week, I guess, you know, 40s, 50s, all week long. I can live with that. Well, good. It's going to be a little cold at night, but other than that, can't complain. Hour number one, we ate sausage biscuits. That was the important thing. Delicious. <laughs> they were extremely good. Thank you to Steve from St. C. Uh, we talked about the death of Ryan O'Neill, and we played Funny or Flop with the jokes that Joe Manchin told at the Gridiron dinner over the weekend. It's one of those roasts. It was supposed to be a funny kind of thing. I thought he did 50-50. You, you were pretty much crickets most of the way. You would think he has smart people working for him. Now they, they kind of let him down. <laughs> coming up in this hour, uh, coming up later on today, in this hour, we'll talk with uh, Rosemary Ketcher about the homeless situation in Wheeling. Uh, Patrick Morrissey says that his campaign says that the debate last week between the gubernatorial candidates was uh, uh, the loser's debate. It was the loser's debate. Why would I want to be part of the loser's debate? They were all playing for second place. That's what he said. We'll talk about that in a new presidential poll. Has um, Trump out ahead of Biden by even more points than before? And uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, coming up a little bit later on this morning here on the Watchdog Morning Show. I had planned today, I'd hoped to get um, Brad McElhinney in here this morning. That was my game plan to talk about the governor's debate from last week. And then I discovered that... Uh, uh, that he is uh, on his way to a $300 million uh, hearing for the governor justice companies in, in Virginia. Uh, the, the justice companies now facing, you know, yet another suit, yet another uh, demand for $300 million in payment. So uh, uh, Brad is on his way there. So I couldn't get Brad. He said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going to be on the road. Said, oh, man, all right, that's okay. I had planned this morning to reach out to Hoppy Kirchhoff, which I did. And I did not get a hold of Hoppy Kirchival, and I have now learned why I didn't get a hold of Hoppy Kirchival. He's not here today. In fact, Dave Wilson is in the big chair today, uh, doing the uh, Hoppy Kirchival show today. So statewide, and all week apparently. 
So uh, Dave Wilson will be in all week long at uh, 10.06 with Statewide Talk Line. Now, he was smart. He recorded Brad McElhaney talking about this governor's hearing coming up today in Virginia. Uh, so he's got that. And uh, also uh, uh, Rye, Rivard, Rye Rivard from Politico will be talking more about Mansion. I'm not sure what the story there is, but that'll be on as well. So Dave Wilson coming up today uh, and all this week filling in for Hoppy Kirchwell, who is, I guess, uh, taking a little pre-Christmas time off. So good. How many him. weeks he get? I don't know. I, you know what I think the answer is? As, as many as, as he wants. As many as he wants. I'm pretty sure that's the answer, but I, I could be wrong. I think it's as many as many as he wants. So uh, Dave Wilson filling in. I think I told you, I, I sensed a tiny, I think it was fun tension. I don't think it was serious. But at the debate last week, uh, Dave Wilson was, was anchoring. He was the host of the post-debate situation. And Hoppy came in to be a guest. And Dave Wilson said, uh, well, uh, Hoppy, I'm over here in the big chair. This is, I guess this is what it feels like. Hoppy said, yeah. That's what you've been aiming for for a while, isn't it, Dave? Kind of like, you know, I think you're ang- angling for my job. And at the end, when the Dave Wilson said, uh, and uh, Hoppy, thanks for being a guest. Hoppy said, Dave, I'm only a guest tonight. I'll be the host again tomorrow. I, I think it was all done in, in jest, but I think, you know, Dave Wilson is kind of, you know, we all know that Hoppy is at some point going to be retiring. What that point is, who knows? Just like me, at some point I'll be retiring. What's that point? And so I think Dave Wilson's going, hey, maybe I can get the big job. Anyways, Dave Wilson coming up today, statewide talk line at 10.06 after we are done here on the Watchdog Morning Show. It is uh, 8.13, 13 after the hour here on the big gig. And uh, we'll be uh, checking in with uh, Rose. Yes? Rosemary Ketchum will be coming up to uh, talk to us about homeless in Wheeling uh, next on the Watchdog Morning Show. The holidays come but once a year, and Master Force is here to spread some cheer with drivers and drills and blades and bits. From sanders and saws to power tool kits, Menards has the value and savings, of course. Shop tools and accessories from Master Force. Find great stocking stuffers and gifts at Menards. Plus, don't forget about our gift cards. Hurry now for deals on Master Force. Available at Menards, of course. Bring everyone out for some Nailers Wintertainment. Experience the excitement of an action-packed hockey weekend starting Frosty Friday, January 6th with $2 beers. See great athletes, amazing goals, and jaw-dropping hits. Game time, 7-10. Then, on the 8th, it's a Sunday fun day. Skate with the team after the game. Puck drops 4-10. Join Nailers Army. Get tickets. Call 304-234-GOAL or go to wheelingnailers.com. I'm Coach Derek Army, and I'm drafting you for a hockey weekend. Toyota Thon is on, making right now the perfect time to get a great deal on your next car, truck, or SUV, like a sporty 24 Camry or affordable and stylish Corolla, both with available all-wheel drive. Or test drive a new RAV4, Highlander, or Tundra with enough cargo space for anything the winter has in store. Find out more at buyatoyota.com, the official website for deals. But hurry, Toyota Thon ends January 2nd. Toyota, let's go places. Santa Duck is in town at your nearest Lucky Duck discounters. Smart Christmas shoppers start early at Lucky Duck, where the price goes down as the week rolls on with thousands of bin items. Plus, shelf items like refrigerators, patio furniture, baby supplies, and more priced at 40% below retail. No other bin store in our area offers these great buys. Start your Christmas shopping now because it's all first come, first served, and items on the shelf change every week. Visit Lucky Duck discounters, Wheeling, Glendale, New Martinsville, Steubenville, and Morgantown. Lucky Duck, more than just a bin store, it's your Christmas shopping headquarters. 
This is great conversation for the holidays or any time of year. You're listening to the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. Christmas is just around the corner. Shopping and robbing to do I bet you'll never believe it When you see what I got you It is the holiday bumper music of Barry Manilow Which I didn't even know there was I didn't know You all know I am a Manilow lover A Manilow aficionado I've been to see him in concert I have, I thought, every album that he ever made And when I say album, I mean records from back in the day I did not know he did this many Christmas songs. So we got all. Is it gonna be all Barry Manilow? It's a Barry Manilow Christmas, Howard. Wow, I didn't know he did. I didn't know he had that much. That that gives me hope. It means I can go out and find some new stuff. Eight seventeen here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Thirty two at the Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. Thirty three at the Highlands. Thirty four in Elm Grove, and thirty three here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios downtown Wheeling, in the heart of the Ohio Valley. It has been a major topic of talk. Well, really on and off for months, but an aggressively uh, on topic of talk for the last couple of months uh, in the city of Wheeling. I'm talking about the issue of the homeless, and uh, some things have occurred. Council has approved a no camping on public property ban that would affect the homeless and everyone else. It's not a homeless only ban, but it would dramatically affect the homeless. The Life Hub received some funding from the city this week, and the freeze shelter opens up. Rosemary Ketchum has been kind of a point person for homeless issues, and she is the third ward councilwoman, also candidate for Wheeling Mayor, and I invited her to join us this morning to kind of see where things are going with this homeless situation in the city of Wheeling. Rosemary, good morning. Thanks for coming in. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Howard. Thanks for having me. So do, do, I can't. you voted against the camping ban, right? Uh, this is correct. And so, and your this was the ban on all public camping air quotes there uh, on public property, uh, but essentially aimed at the homeless. It covers anybody, but essentially aimed at the homeless. And your objection to that was? Well, uh, my objection stands on a couple fronts. I, I, I don't think um, this ban is not original. Uh, if, if you're familiar with uh, other cities in the state of West Virginia, Parkersburg picked up this ban first. Um, and I think about a month later, the city of Wheeling uh, introduced it, Councilman uh, Seidler and Councilman Slavonakis. Um, and I just, I didn't find it to be nuanced, thoughtful, or effective, frankly. Uh, I mean, we have people throughout our city who are camping who may never actually uh, uh, enter uh, uh, formal housing situations, or they have in the past, and they've been evicted from these um, housing, you know, uh, uh, complexes. And when you talk to homeless advocates, uh, they realize that actually some of the encampments, not all of them, but many of them um, are incredibly functional and responsible, and there isn't theft happening. Um, uh, but obviously, if we, could, <laughs> if we could check a box tomorrow and say no person in Wheeling is homeless, uh, we could do that. My other concern was that, is this legal? You know, can we tell people that n- not only can they not camp on public, private, uh, public property or private property, but they cannot be homeless in the city of Wheeling. Um, 
uh, it, because we don't have enough beds for them. We still don't know if that's true. We'll see if the ACLU or other organizations decide to um, put up a lawsuit. Um, they have, they have threatened. They have threatened that the ACLU has threatened that. This is correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think those were those were my primary concerns. Uh, we did leave a carve out. Uh, we did make some amendments to it to, to ensure that it was as thoughtful as it could possibly be. Um, uh, and one of those carve outs was to uh, allow or to permit for uh, a designated camping area so that we could have one uh, maybe city ordained camping location for individuals who have no other option. And that's what has, the phrase has been used as a managed camp, which intellectually sounds like a probably good idea to me. My problem, Rosemary, has been, and I've talked to, you know, the mayor and the vice mayor and and I think Bob Heron and others, I don't really have a good grasp on what this so-called managed camp is going to be. Do you? I mean, do you know what – do you have a vision, first of all, and do you think your vision is what's going to actually happen in terms of a managed camp? It's a good question. We are are – uh, relying heavily on our homeless advocates to help guide guide us in this situation. I have never personally volunteered or, or been part of a managed camp situation. I'd say the closest uh, experience that I have to that is during COVID. So during COVID, we had essentially a managed camp system on 18th Street here in East Wheeling. Um, and I volunteered there and supported that. Uh, and what ultimately a managed camp means is that it's a it's kind of structured system um, a location where people can receive services, they can sleep, they can receive a meal, they, there might be medical support at this location, there may be law enforcement or some other monitoring there, um, but ultimately it is a place where uh, people who cannot stay elsewhere can camp uh, and receive other resources. Uh, I think one of the one of the concerns that residents have expressed is that, well, is this just going to be like a Hooverville or is this just going to be something that is completely unmonitored and chaotic? Uh, and it will not be. Obviously, you know, there will be issues. There will always be issues with a, a population um, uh, experiencing homelessness, uh, whether those are addiction issues or mental health issues, etc. Um, but it will be managed um, and it will be highly monitored. Again, I, I, I like the idea, but I just I, I wish that in either the current ordinance that had been passed or in a revision coming down the road, this concept would be a little clear, more clearly fleshed out. So we, the public, would have a better idea of what exactly the managed camp is. I mean, is it more, uh, is it just going to be we're going to carve out a piece of property or carve mm-hmm. out a location and then Katie bar the door, or there will be some kind of management, for lack of a better word, to it? Um, and I, I don't, I just don't, I don't have a sense of that. Yeah, I mean, I'm empathetic to that, too. I think that this was a policy passed too quickly. It was a knee-jerk reaction to uh, some legitimate and maybe some uh, perceived issues with the homeless community. I was not comfortable voting for it, obviously. If we had more time to really consider what the impact of something like this would be, um, I think uh, it would have it required more consideration. With that said, here we are <laughs> with a, an encampment ban that will uh, uh, come into effect on January 1, uh, and we need to figure it out. So far, City Council has received a list of um, uh, uh, guidance or requirements for the encamp- the, the um, managed camp system. We have not received a location. Uh, and so I know a lot of folks have been throwing uh, cross streets and addresses into the hat. 
Um, but this is complicated. Uh, you know, I haven't met a single neighbor who says, yes, I'd love a managed camp across the street from me, <laughs> right? <laughs> so uh, this requires a very special uh, situation and location. I, I want to walk through some of the stuff that has been done. And managed camp was the, or, uh, the no camping ban was the first one. In the end, I want to get to what's next for the homeless in the city of Wheeling. But let's let's walk through some of these other things as well. The freeze shelter opens, I think I'm right this week, if not this week, sometime in the next week or two, correct? Mm-hmm. December 15th. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it, and that will be in the Life Hub. That is correct. That is the uh, English Lutheran Church, yep, in downtown Wheeling. Now, the city council approved um, a $100,000 to the Life Hub this week. Uh, you voted for that. Uh, Councilman Slavonakis uh, voted against it and laid out some significant reasons. He felt it was a bad idea. I felt, Rosemary, that some of the other council members voted kind of like, well, okay, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll do it. I think the mayor even said, I'm not sure this is going to work, but I'll vote for it. Um, I didn't mm-hmm. sense, other mm-hmm. than yourself, a lot of wholehearted support for it. I mean, that's a great point. I I think I agree with you. I walked into that vote uh, not sure it would pass, frankly, let alone pass nearly unanimously. Uh, You know, this is a a complicated project. If folks aren't familiar, the Life Hub project is a uh, essentially a low barrier shelter, um, but also an enormous wraparound uh, uh, project. So potentially uh, respite care for homeless folks who um, uh, need medical attention, uh, social services inside of this building, uh, all kinds of other resources and components that individuals experiencing homelessness really need. Uh, And some of the issues that were brought up uh, uh, this past Tuesday were duplication of services, uh, you know, mentioned that, you know, is this the best location right in the heart of our downtown? Uh, Another comment that was made was if you build it, they will come uh, and I do believe the other council that, members. That, that, last one, that last one kind of uh, hit a nerve with you. Well, it, it hits a nerve because it is a very uh, common argument to make. And it's, it, when you actually look at the data and you talk to the experts, it is kind of hollow um, in the sense that if you build it, they will come. They are already here. I talk to you know uh, uh, business owners and residents, and I ask them what their the biggest issues are. And right now, <laughs> their biggest issue is the streetscape. They want to see us get through this uh, with businesses to spare, um, and then homelessness is the second one. And uh, you know, uh, if we don't build it, they're still here, right? If we don't provide the services, they're still on our stoops and on our sidewalks, and uh, you know, panhandling. Uh, and this isn't to you know not behave with integrity. These are people. These aren't just, you know, uh, groundhogs. You know, we have the same conversations and use the same language about getting rid of groundhogs in our city. But these are human beings. um, And many of them are from Ohio County or from the surrounding area. Um, And I can't in good conscience, you know, be a leader in this city and say, you know what, let's not provide resources that are so desperately needed. Um, uh, for, the, for the possible chance that somebody says, you know, maybe Wheeling is the place that I can, you know, uh, find housing or find a meal. Um, one of the other things I'll say, Howard, is that right now it feels so, um, I, think, I think the ratio is interesting because when you go downtown, if you're a visitor downtown and you see three homeless people and maybe five or ten, you know, uh, business people or people going about their day, uh, it feels maybe different. <laughs> it feels like homelessness is a really big problem in our downtown. And I think as we, you know, support more small businesses and the streetscape begins to complete, uh, there, that ratio begins to 
balance out. Does this make sense? Where the downtown feels uh, uh, kind of more concentrated uh, and busier, and so that homelessness does not seem like such um, a large issue that we're dealing with. It does seem, and I want to stress seem, the appearance seems to be, that the issue of homeless, I don't know what word to use, it seems like it's becoming more of a bother, that's too small a word, but it seems to be becoming more of a bother for the average citizen than it was a couple of years ago or even six months ago. Mm-hmm. It seems as if people are at least feeling like they are seeing more of the homeless around, more concerned about the homeless being a problem for them than it used to be. Uh, it may just be an appearance I, thing. I don't know. But it, it oh, seems, I, think, I think people are concerned. I think you are correct. I mean, when, when we talk to law enforcement, uh, particularly in the neighborhoods that I represent, East Wheeling, South Wheeling, Center Wheeling, and Mozart, that are, in fact, the most impacted by homelessness and homelessness kind of attributed issues, uh, the numbers are down. The crime numbers are down. We're not experiencing the same issues that we were many years ago. Obviously, there is still petty theft. There are still issues with, you know, copper being stolen out of buildings. That you can be homeless or not homeless and still, you know, uh, uh, engage in those criminal activities. Um, but the, the, those numbers have um, uh, declined in so many ways. Uh, but you are right that people are expressing that they, they're seeing it more often. It seems to be more of an issue. They, you know, they report more mental health episodes occurring. And when folks describe this, I say there is no better, expo- there is no better um, argument uh, for a low-barrier shelter than this. You know, one of the biggest issues we have is visible homelessness. People don't want to see a homeless person sitting on a stoop or, you know, panhandling on the side of the road. Um, and we necessarily can't force people to go into a shelter, but we can offer people an accessible, low-barrier option. Conceptually, so that maybe they cons- don't have to be sober. Conceptually, or they don't have to, conceptually you know, that makes uh-huh. sense, Ro- Roseman. Conceptually, that makes sense. But is the Life Hub the right location for that? Because it actually, if if they're the Life Hub mm-hmm. as a center for wraparound services and a place for homeless to go for advice and help and so on makes a lot of sense. But as an actual shelter, um, it, I, I am concerned it will put the homeless even more front and center, right smack dab in downtown Wheeling. I mean, it's a good question, and there is no, it is not an objective question. There's no right or wrong answer. Uh, you know, I, I think it is the best of the options that we were given um, or that we were uh, able to kind of um, uh, take a look at. One of the issues is that we didn't want uh, a, a wraparound low barrier shelter to be in the middle of a residential neighborhood, right? It, we, we didn't want it to be in the middle of East Wheeling. It, we didn't want it to be in the middle of Woodsdale. Uh, and so what are your options? I mean, I, we looked at a property, I believe, in Center Wheeling that might have worked. Ultimately, it did not. Um, I think that when you think about accessibility, when you think about um, uh, uh, the ability for resources to be concentrated, I think this spot makes a lot of sense. Uh, yes, it's in the heart of our downtown. It's across from uh, West Virginia Northern Community College. It's across the street from two other homeless shelters. Um, uh, we're uh, thinking about the Northwood Shelter as well as the uh, Helping Hero Shelter. Uh, and so you have two minds about it, right? Either that's the perfect location because it is concentrated with other resources or it is so concentrated with other resources that it is, you know, creating, uh, you know, too many uh, uh, resources. The, the I don't is, think we know until we know. Well, maybe you're um, right. The issue I have I, is the issue, the issue I have is visibility of the actual of homeless. I don't know at night, you know, if, if they're staying there, I, I, it, it makes a lot of sense to be close to services. 
But is it next to Independence Hall? Is that the right place to have a homeless shelter? I mean, the one thing I'll say, the difference is, um, you know, if folks aren't familiar with how how many homeless services work, uh, many of them will say you have to be out of here by 9 p.m. or 9 a.m. and be in the doors by 6 Mm p.m. And so there's this enormous window of time where these individuals have no place to go. Um, but to wait it out, go to the library, maybe walk, you know, walk around the trail or just like be around the city. Uh, that's not illegal. They're human beings. <laughs> they can do that, of course. Um, but the, the goal of the Life Hub shelter, and again, this is 30 beds, uh, uh, arguably, so this is not a 100-bed facility, uh, is to have a 24-hour shelter. So you don't have to force people to leave um, uh, uh, just because uh, there's a, a, a curfew or something like that. So I think the visibility is actually going to be, you know, uh, less impactful at a place like the Life Hub than, per se, the Northwood Shelter or something similar. I, I interrupted you earlier because you were talking about the concept of low barrier, which means that folks who do or perhaps not sober at the moment or are under drugs, they still have, will have a place to go. Some shelters will not allow them there. And while I, I, I appreciate that, they have to go somewhere, so there needs to be a, such a thing. I thought Jerry Sklavonakis raised a pretty good question about what about security? You know, how do we, mm-hmm. I mean, how do you, cont- okay, I get it. Absolutely, I get it. If someone is homeless and is is drunk at the night, what do we do with them? We got, I, they have to go somewhere. That so-called low barrier shoulder makes sense. But what what do we do about security? How do we make sure that they don't become a problem? And I'm not just talking just because they're homeless. I'm talking because they're drunks. <laughs> I mean, I say the same thing about well, other drunks, too, you know. <laughs> sure. I mean, this is a really important point. So not only substance use, of course, but um, also mental health. We want to make sure that if somebody's experiencing an episode, they're not able to harm themselves or harm others. Um, we, you know, I volunteered for the Winter Free Shelter a couple years in a row, and that's a three-month-long uh, uh, low-barrier shelter uh, that is highly monitored and of course, there are issues. Uh, in my experience, I've never felt unsafe, even when somebody is experiencing a mental health episode or they're intoxicated. Uh, there has always been uh, some level of security, support, monitoring, and that will be only, I think, elevated uh, at the Life Hub. In the proposal that um, the Life Hub team and Melissa Adams proposed, uh, uh, I believe security was a pretty uh, significant component of that. What does it look like to make this building secure and to ensure that the people inside are safe and the people that are outside um, are safe as well? Um, frankly, you know, uh, I have not in my you know nearly 15 years of working with homeless individuals ever felt particularly unsafe or that they were uh, an unsafe population. Obviously, they have kind of interpersonal issues with each other occasionally. Um, But security is an important concern and something that I'm pretty confident that the Life Hub folks understand. So we've got the uh, camping ban. I mean, so for folks who are concerned that there's been um, the homeless of, I'm putting air quotes here, run rampant over the city, taking whatever the phrase is. Uh, There's the, the, the camping ban, which will control that, perhaps a managed camp to give it some structure. A free shelter mm-hmm. is underway, so folks will have a pl- mm-hmm. place to go to get out of the cold. Life Hub is gearing up. I'm not sure it's ready for full operation yet, but it's it's gearing up. We'll oper- operate things. So we've begun to talk a lot about limiting the troubles, if I can phrase it that way, caused by the homeless. But Rosemary, have we talked much about what are we going to do about the homeless? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I 
fortunately or unfortunately, Wheeling is not the only city in West Virginia even dealing with this issue. I've worked, you know, tirelessly with counselors in Morgantown and Huntington and Charleston and Parkersburg uh, who are dealing with this issue at, at our scale or even, you know, larger. And I think it's best important to understand that this is a um, this is a federal problem, a national problem, looking for a local solution. Uh, in the city of Wheeling, that we'll never pass an ordinance <laughs> to make it right or to be able to to solve homelessness. I mean, this is an, an an enormous issue that no city our size has the resources for. And I try to remind folks that um, that there is no there are no bad guys in this situation. We're all people trying to figure it out and trying to you know, maintain and improve the quality of life for taxpaying citizens, right? We want to make sure that the people who invest their money in the city of Wheeling don't regret it. Um, and and it, it might sound crass, but this is both an economic and a moral issue that we need to, you know, address. And so, you know, I'm, you know, running for mayor, <laughs> which, you know, requires you to really, you know, put, uh, uh, put a strategy together and put a plan together. And I really do believe that, you know, working uh, uh, more closely with our county is going to really be important, working more closely with our legislature to ensure that we don't have to invent resources as a city or invent strategies, uh, that we can actually pull those uh, from our state and federal governments as well. Uh, because no city, I think, should be forced uh, to deal with issues that are beyond their own capabilities. Uh, I think the opioid crisis has really contributed uh, to uh, big, broad problems in West Virginia regarding homelessness. Uh, and the city of Wheeling does not have those resources uh, to, to tackle an, an opioid crisis that is statewide and impacting our city. So my hope is that you know, being able to work with the Municipal League and other partner cities, West, uh, Wheeling is the fifth largest city in West Virginia, um, that we'll be able to create a larger wraparound strategy. Uh, and one of the last things I'll say, Howard, is that, you know, um, there are success stories of, of people coming to the city of Wheeling from outside of our city looking for resources and us telling them, you know, you should probably go home. <laughs> like, it's not going to work here. You know, we're at capacity already. And Melissa Adams can share those stories. So many other homeless resources uh, or, or services can share those stories of us saying, hey, you know, we, we're the friendly city. We're here to help. Um, but you know, we can't take everybody and we're going to we're going to offer you other options or um, even a bus ticket to someplace else. That does happen. So um, I don't want folks to think that there is an influx uh, and nothing's being done about that. You uh, you took my final question away because you got me gave me the answer already, which was uh, as a candidate for mayor and third ward councilwoman, uh, what um, what's next? And you've given me a sense of what you think needs to be done next. This is an issue that's uh, being tackled for one way or another, I think differing opinions on how it's being tackled, but it is being tackled, and I think uh, there's going to have to be a next step somewhere along the way. Rosemary, appreciate your time this morning. As always, thanks very much. We'll talk again, I'm sure. Thanks, Howard, so so much. All right. Rosemary Ketchum, she is third ward council member in the city of Wheeling and is running for mayor, one of the three announced candidates so far. She has been on council probably the most strong advocate um, uh, for the homeless. I don't know what's going to happen next, Bob. You know, there's so many things are being done. Um, you know, they're, they're no camping. I guess that makes sense. The free shelter is gives people a chance to go someplace. I'm still unsure what the life hub is going to end up being. Um, council, city, trying to do something, but I don't know if any of it's going to work, you know. And, uh, and I'm like the mayor. I just don't know. The thing that uh, bothers uh, me, uh, again, it's, it's a horrible location uh, because of where it's uh, besides. You know, it's uh, West Virginia Hall, uh, Independence Hall, the 
county uh, right city building. building. It's just community not a good college. location. I think they could have found another location if they just gave it a little bit of time. They jumped on that. It was available, and I just don't agree with that. Well, I never thought – I agreed with it when they first came up with the idea – this Life Hub, well, you know what? Let's take a break and I want to talk because this Life Hub thing has always confused me and it still confuses me. And that's part of my problem. Let's talk about it after we come back, but let's go to the newsroom right now and uh, Rebecca Little. Good morning. I'm Rebecca Little with a look at your morning headlines for this Monday, December the 11th. In a heartwarming holiday initiative, local law enforcement partnered up with more than 100 kids from the community for a special shopping spree. The Fraternal Order of Police Lodge 38 held their annual Cops with Kids program at the Walmart in the Highlands. The FOP partners each year with the Ohio County Sheriff's Office and the Wheeling Police Department. Officers paired up with local kids from the Ohio County School District to shop for any new toys, games and other items they wanted. The purpose of the event is to strengthen the bond between law enforcement and the children while making sure every child possible experiences the joy of the Christmas season. And some good news out of Marshall County. Commissioners updated the community on two county projects at their weekly meeting. The courthouse is undergoing some major upgrades and the health department is right on track to be completed in August of 2024. Updates to the courthouse include heating, air conditioning, ventilation, plumbing and electrical repairs. Commissioner Mike Farrow says the courthouse project has been challenging. The courthouse project is around $6.5 million, while the new health department costs around $8.9 million. And over to Ohio County now, the City of Wheeling Water Department announced it will be working Working with a new service provider for online payments effective December 12th. That's this Tuesday. The transition will require customers who pay their bills electronically or through auto pay to re-register and create a new account through the city's website. The change will also provide additional payment options for the convenience of water customers. Officials stress that as of December 12th, auto pay would not be drafted from customer accounts. To avoid being late, customers must re-register their account and set it for auto pay if they wish to continue with the feature. To re-enroll in auto pay, visit the Wheeling wv.gov homepage and click on the pay online link or by going to the water department webpage. That was a look at your morning headlines for this Monday, December 11th. Winning and winning and winning convincingly. Hi everybody, I'm Tony Caridi. That story coming up on today's Mountaineer Report brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. The holidays start here at Kroger with a variety of options to celebrate traditions old and new. You could do a classic herb roasted turkey or spice it up and make turkey tacos. Serve up a go-to shrimp cocktail or use Simple Truth wild caught shrimp for your first Cajun risotto. No matter how you shop, Kroger has all the freshest ingredients to embrace all your holiday traditions. Kroger, fresh for everyone. With Kroger brand products, you can make all your favorite things this holiday season. Because Kroger brand's proven quality products come at exceptionally low prices. And with a money-back quality guarantee, every dish is sure to be a favorite. These are a few of my favorite things. Whether you shop delivery pickup or in-store, Kroger brand has all your favorite things. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Think back, if you will, to last March. WV's women's basketball team makes it to the NCAA tournament and 
Under first-year head coach Don Plitzewhite, that was a great accomplishment. But then something happened. As soon as West Virginia lost that game, they're heading back to Morgantown. They find out that Plitzewhite is going to fall into the category of one and done. She leaves West Virginia to take over as the head coach at the University of Minnesota. What now for WV's women's team? Well, they went out and hired an ultra-successful coach in Mark Kellogg. And in his very first season here at WVU, he has now led the Mountaineers to a 9-0 record. That's the best record ever by a first-year head coach within the WVU women's basketball program that's celebrating its 50th year. Yesterday afternoon at the Coliseum, it was all West Virginia as they pounded Delaware State by a final score of 107 to 43. A stat-stuffing game for junior guard J.J. Quinterly. She actually flirted with a quadruple double. She does score big time in the point department with 25. She dishes off 12 assists, but also had 8 rebounds and 7 steals. Yeah, flirted around with the extremely rare quadruple double. So the WV women are now 9-0 on the season. They've got time off with final exams on the WVU campus. They return to action next Monday when they take on Wright State inside the Coliseum. As for the WVU men's team, they also have the week off. Return to action on Saturday at UMass. That is today's Mountaineer Report brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. I'm Tony Caridi on the Mountaineer Sports Network from Learfield. A serious injury from an accident can be just the start of your worries. What if you cannot return to work? How do you take care of your family if you're disabled? At Gellner Law Offices, we represent seriously injured people and understand their problem. We know how to get you fair compensation. We will work hard to make sure you get the money you deserve for your losses. Don't go it alone. If you're hurt in an accident, call us at 304-242-2900 or visit us at gellnerlaw.com. We'd like to help. We're jingling your bells all holiday long. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. FM 98.1 and 97.7. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Well, you know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen. Comedy Cupid, Donner and Blitzen. But do you recall the most famous reindeer of all? Is it Herman? No. Is it Sherman? Is it Eddie? Is it Freddy? Oh, no, no, no. Is it Elton? Is it Billy? Is it Sting, perhaps? Oh, you'll never, never get it. Don't snap your caps. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Oh, it's Rudolph. That's who he's talking about. Okay, I didn't get that Freddy or Reddy or Elmer or whatever he was saying there. The music of Barry Manilow for Christmas bumper music today, which me, the greatest Barry Manilow fan in the world, didn't know there was such a thing. So once again, Bob Slider has dug deep into the bowels of what, YouTube or someplace, and has brought up good stuff that I never even heard of before. You've done it. This the Christmas season in particular, you've really done, been doing a neat job of giving us different stuff. You ain't seen nothing yet, huh? Oh, no. More, some more stuff coming. All right. Before we get back to the Life Hub, which was not so much so funny, a uh, little bit of Christmas humor. I just saw this on Facebook, and uh, husbands will appreciate this. Uh, the guy is at the uh, gift wrapping center in a store, and the uh, old lady behind the counter says to him, Nice iron you're buying. Your wife will love it. While I wrap that up, you might want to go to Sporting Goods and pick out a helmet. 
<laughs> I finally did buy my wife something that she'll like this year. I can't tell you what because I uh, just, you know, I can't tell you what. Um, but uh, up until that time, until just literally two days ago, I told her, I said, honey, right now it's a Walmart Christmas. Not literally from Walmart, but it's that's the kind of stuff it is, you know, an iron or what have you. So I'm glad I finally found something that I think she will like. Now my problem is I just ordered it, and they said, well, it should be there by Christmas. Should be there. Yeah, that's not really that's not really good. Um, did I do the temperatures and stuff? Did I do that already, Bob? Well, let's do it again, Howard. 32 degrees. We know how County Airport, 33 at the Highlands, 34 uh, in Elm Grove, and 33 at the Robinson Auto Group Studios downtown. I know it's dropping, Howard. Yeah, it's, it's dropping. getting warmer out it there. It is. Yeah, yep. 30, it's not getting warmer out there, no. And uh, 33 here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. 38, the predicted high for the day. We're talking with Rosemary Ketchum about uh, homeless in the city of Wheeling. She's the most vocal of the council members, certainly, on the issue of homelessness. Um, and uh, being a homeless supporter. You said earlier, Bob, you thought the Life Hub, from the beginning, you thought it was a bad location. Yeah, I mean, that's the real beef I have. I, I, I don't, that's a lot of money, and we could debate that till the cows come home. But, okay, we're going to go forward. Yeah, I think we should have looked around a little bit. I, in fact, I'd like to know how that transaction went down. You know, geez, why couldn't we just wait? Why did it have to be in such a hurry? It was a lot of money. It wasn't like they gave it to them. It was bought. Yeah. You know, so I think they should have looked and, around. And, and we are told, uh, at least I just saw recently, it was an anonymous donor who gave me the yeah. money. I, I, look, I, the Life Hub has left me. I, I want to be clear. I am not. There is one part of it that I am very critical of. In general, I'm not overly critical of the concept. I just, the whole thing has never made sense to me. I don't think we've, and I don't mean this in a conspiratorial way, I just don't think we've gotten the whole story. The first time we heard of a Life Hub, Melissa Adams made a, made a conversation to council. I lose track of times. So I'm going to say six months ago. It could well have been a year ago. I can't remember. And she said, well, you know, there's a thing called a life hub being done in some cities and, you know, it cost a million dollars to do, but it would be blah, blah, And it was like just sort of throwing ideas out there. And that was, you know, and then the next thing I heard, boom, they got a building. And now there is a life hub and there is an organization called the Life Hub. I don't know how that all came about. Now, I don't have to know, but it, it helps me to get a better understanding of, of what the life hub is and, and how it's supposed to work. I am not opposed to the location if it is what I thought it was, which was a place where the homeless would go and get help. By that, I mean they would go and people would help them work on their job skills or would help them figure out how to apply for grants or how to apply, how to get their their, their, their IDs. Many of the homeless don't have an ID. They can't get things. I thought if it was a place you the homeless would go there and would get assistance, that's fine. And I don't mind the location for that. It was when it they began to add an actual homeless shelter component to it that bothers me. Yeah, and, and if you're making the argument, uh, I think you're just being selfish. Again, I we agree somewhat that, yes, this is a good idea. This is a lousy location. And, again, if you can't see that – then I think there's something wrong. It's not like we're ashamed. It's just that it's right there in the hub. It should have been somewhere else. That's you just and and what we don't want. And I, I all right. Is this middle class semi elitism? Whatever you want. Yeah, probably. Okay, uh, probably. 
I know one of my friends and listeners who's going to text me later on and tell me that that's what this is. I, I get it. I'm concerned about the growth of the city. I'm concerned about seeing the homeless population right next to Independence Hall. I'm concerned about tourists coming to town to visit Independence Hall and look at the statue of who's down there, uh, Borman or whoever's down there, and uh, and at the same time being panhandled literally from the building next door. That concerns me. And Howard, you and I met with uh, a couple different realtors in the East Wheeling area when you were looking for a new place to put your radio station. Those buildings are still there. Mm-hmm. And again, it just, to me, that would have been a perfect spot because it's so close to the services that, that everybody needs. But yet this, I, I just don't like the way it was done, Howard. I, I, and again, if, it, if I sound shallow in a horse's, you know, rear end, I can't help it because I just don't like it being there. And I, um, I, I'm partially in agreement with you. I, again, it just, it, the, the location bothers me only because they're putting they're actually going to house homeless there on whatever temporary basis. And I think there's there's a couple of issues the city has not really addressed, which I wish they would. With the no camping thing, they put in the idea of a managed camp. What exactly is a managed camp? I know I've asked this question over and over again, and I get sort of the generic, well, there will be some regular, you know. No, what is it going to be? Define it for me. And, and the other thing that concerns me, I know what a low barrier shelter is. It doesn't mean the fence is down here. Okay, that does that's not what it means. It means that anybody can come in including those who are drunk at the time or drugged out at the time. And as I said to Rosemary, I do understand there needs to be a place for that. I get that. You're homeless. If I was homeless, I'd probably be drunk half the time too, I suppose. But you have to have a place for them. But it raises questions. It raises security questions. It raises questions about uh, you know harm to people. I mean, let's face it. You know, violent drunks are violent drunks, whether they're homeless or not homeless. You got to be concerned about that. Uh, Jerry Sklavanakis pointed out that just recently in one camp here in Wheeling, there turned out to be a registered sex offender and- from an out of the area. How, wh- those problems can be resolved, but how are they going to do? It? What kind of security will they have? How will they? make sure these people are under some kind of control and and if you think again this is just common sense i haven't been around these places but i've been around a lot of people that's been drinking uh if you think that that that's going to be able to perform their own security I, i just don't see how that can happen because i'm picturing this howard there's people in there down for the night. They're trying to be quiet. They're trying to be warm yeah. and get some sleep. And there's going to be constant people coming, different hours of the night, which is going to be a pain regardless. And if those people are are, are loud and, and, and oppose any kind of a threat, who is going to step up and say you're not welcome here? And, and, the, and I'm sure there are answers for that. Or if there aren't already answers, there could be and should be answers. But we need to know them. The public, you know. A lot of this stuff I would feel better about. I am not unsympathetic to the homeless. In fact, I am sympathetic to the homeless. I think we have not done enough to help the actual homeless, you know, help people find their way to housing and so on. I am sympathetic. But I also recognize that there are lots of problems here and there are lots of questions being asked about the uh, uh, about this particular – couple of these things. And they could be solved. The council and the administration could could tell us manage camp. I, I, see, see uh, maybe I'm just too 
list or you know me i like to make lists right i like to see a list here's the managed camp it will be at blah 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 uh we will provide four dumpsters and three toilets and uh, water will be delivered twice a day uh, a medical uh, care will be provided by project hope on a three times a week basis i'm making these numbers up you understand what i'm saying but and this is what the managed camp is going to be and so we know what is going to happen there. And I wanted to list, too. Again, I, I think the best way of doing this was before you got way out in front, we have an option with this building. We have an option with this building. There's a building over here. And all these buildings have pluses and they have minuses. We have a building's. Let's pick the right building, not just it's this building and we're going to go forward with it and nobody can even question it. Well, again, I think this Life Hub has grown without <laughs> getting trouble with this. It's grown without planning. Here's a building, and again, that's okay. Here's a building we can have it here. Okay, good, we can have it here. And again, early on, I thought, yep, that makes sense. Place for services. Okay, people can come. Get, but then it grew, and I, I don't think it's. I just don't. Um, and if if there is if if there is more planning behind this, then we the public need to know more about it. No question about it. All right, uh, four before the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Hey, uh, your friend, our friend Mike Florio, has some thoughts about the Steelers over the weekend. Might share those with you coming up next on the Watchdog Morning Show. Is your business protected from cyber threats? In today's world, it's more important than ever to have a cybersecurity plan in place. But with so many different solutions out there, it can be hard to know where to start. That's where Omni Strategic Technologies comes in. We're a technology support firm with a strong focus on cybersecurity. We have a team of local experts who can help you assess your risks, develop a plan, and implement the right tools to serve and protect your business. If you want to get serious about cybersecurity, choose Omni Strategic Technologies for the peace of mind knowing that your business is protected and prepared. I'm Deepak Kuda. I am from originally India. I am director of the Structural Heart Program as well as Cardiac Cat Lab at Wheeling Hospital. Our main clinic is obviously here at Wheeling Hospital WU Medicine. We also have satellite clinics, we call it, the Upper the Highlands. Then we have clinic at the Wheeling Clinic, which is in downtown Wheeling, and Martins Ferry. And then we also have clinic at St. well. So we try to go where the patients are or to make it most convenient for them. He's a jolly old man with a big white beard. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe with 10,000 watts of power. Oh, there's no place like home for the holidays. Cause no matter how far away you roam, I'm getting used to this Manilow Christmas. He does have a good Christmas sound to him, right? I mean, it's, 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 Manilow music is good Christmas music. It's yeah. a good one. I like this one. Yeah. How come you haven't had this? Hard? I don't understand this. I don't. I've known. I know everything there is to know about Barry Manilow. I have every album of his. I've been to. I've actually been to see concerts of his. You know, back in the old days of the radio station up on the hill, we took concerts, to, uh, tickets to everything, right, Bob? And, uh, you know, we would fight, the, this, the staff would fight for the rock and roll concerts, would fight for, I don't know, you know, who was, the people, the Star Lake and the other things coming to town. I was the only person who ever stopped in line and said, hey, could I have a man? There were two, there were two they laughed at me. 
I said, there are only two things coming up this season I would like. The Barry Manilow tickets and the Bette Midler tickets. Yes. Could I please have Barry? And they said, you can have all that we've got. There ain't nobody else in this radio station who wants to go see that. All right. Um, let's see. We'll have Mike Florio's thoughts about the Steelers. We'll talk about uh, Patrick Morrissey and the losers debate and uh, more. Coming up next hour, Watchdog Morning Show. AM 1600 WKKX Wheeling, FM 97.7, AM 